Hello everyone, Leslie here with a quick reminder that tonight we'll be having our Struggle Session Struggle-thon, a live telethon uh, membership drive, and uh, you can check it out on twitch.tv slash struggle session. Uh, we'll be having lots of fun, lot of playing games, live streaming movies, uh, and we might have a few uh, celebrity guests pop up. I hear that possibly, possibly... Hotep Obama may be making an appearance. I, I I can't guarantee it, but you know, just you know, check it out if you uh, if you have time. And if you're thinking about subscribing to the show, please uh, do so. Patreon.com/slash/struggle/session is the end of the month, so it's the best time to subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate your support and really rely on your support to keep the show going. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the show. to a special edition of struggle session today we'll be talking about star wars finally and the fact that star wars is dead uh people got mad at us when we said it last time so i want to say it again star wars is dead i mean it's hard to argue with that star wars is so dead that it's it's depressing to to even look on it's like a dead face any longer yeah it's the the deaf face of that porg that disgusting creature that should not <laughs> exist in this or any other galaxy um i'm leslie lee the third uh, i'm jack allison i'm jonathan daniel brown welcome to an episode of struggle session where we exclusively bitch about the state of the star wars universe and disney's involvement in that that clicking you hear in the background is um, oh. our, us guys uh, furiously um, looking at uh, wikis of the extended universe uh, to look at all that has <laughs> been lost. They're going um, to Wikipedia. Yeah, we're looking at Wikis. For, 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 Wikipedia. Uh, for no reason because Disney, Disney um, is a garbage company who destroyed um, all the things Everything. we dreamed about as children. Well, so let's 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 go back here. Let's do a, a bit of a, a prequel trilogy here and talk about like what led us up to this moment and what the state of Star Wars uh, really is at this point. So World War One and Walt Disney <laughs> was an anti-Semitic American soldier yeah, this who anti- dreamed of drawing cartoons. Yeah, he uh, uh, there's an anti-Semitic soldier that uh, but what he really wanted to do was create a, a wonderful little mouse that all the children would enjoy. Um and from that mouse, uh, uh, an empire was an born. empire was forged. Uh, uh, the the Walt Disney Company, um, and they do all sorts of things. They uh, uh, tried to create a future dome. Um, you know, they make movies. Uh, Disney does all sorts of shit. Uh, uh, as as I'm they sure learned you're aware. a lot from what the mob did in Las Vegas. They bought a bunch of swamp land in Anaheim and Florida. Yeah. Took that shit over. <laughs> And yeah, uh, uh, and the rest into is a place history. where uh, you can now go buy a funnel cake to this day for nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what Disney did was uh, uh, they were a very successful company. They used that money uh, uh, from that swampland uh, to uh, uh, advocate our government to change the copyright laws. I mean, yeah, the Mickey like, Mouse laws are actually what our copyright laws are called by lawyers in America. Right. Informally, like it used to be uh, uh, that I think it was like 70 years after the creator's death. Um, 
a product or, you know, an, an intellectual property would become public domain. Right. Um, so that was the initial law. Disney fought to change that because they wanted to retain, you know, the rights to Mickey Mouse. Uh, uh, and, you know, they succeeded in changing that. Uh, um, and now they've you they're, you know, utilizing those new laws to try to shore up every single intellectual property that exists in the United States. Um, and, Star Wars is just uh, one prong of that attack uh, uh, and that attempt to become the only movie studio that exists. Um, and 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 so far, I think that they've been succeeding. They've uh, been succeeding beyond anyone's wildest imaginations. From 2012, when the Avengers came out, the entire Hollywood superstructure changed. Uh, it was proven that stars, movie stars, were dead forever. When that movie came out, actually, movie stars were dead as soon as uh, as soon as they replaced Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle with like a snap of their fingers and took Edward Norton and replaced him with Mark Ruffalo in five seconds. Disney showed that the movie star structure of Hollywood of the last 70 years did not fucking matter. It did not matter who was in the super suit. As long as someone what was in there, is the super suit itself. Yes. Uh, uh- and Disney understood that. And that's why they bought Star Wars, and that's right. why they bought Marvel, right? Uh, uh, and so, what was happening with Star Wars? Uh, uh, we can't, uh, uh, we can't, you know, just gloss over the fact that uh, uh, George Lucas is, in many ways, a uh, craven capitalist yes. <laughs> who has, uh, 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 in a lot of ways, put uh, making money at the forefront of uh, his entire creative <laughs> enterprise. But then also, I will say that, like. From George Lucas's, this all came from Lucas's mind, and, right. and you know, this was him creating something that was, you know, involving the things that he loved as a as a young man, but also uh, uh, incorporating like some of the ideas about like story structure that you know he had learned uh, uh, as as an older man, uh, uh, and you know, uh, as a student at USC, well, as a student of film and everything. Yeah, so it was him, like sort of doing almost what we do now, which are these like kind of weird mashups of things that we remember. Uh, uh, but he was doing it like a little before every, you know, long before everybody yeah. else. Him and Spielberg. And, and, and also importantly, he did it before the internet existed and we could actually, you know, watch all these old things at the same time. So it felt right. fresh and new and fun and in depth as opposed to something like a stranger things, which just feels completely hollow and and or the force or or force awakens yeah exactly what was happening was is that look you know lucas had even said himself that the rebel alliance were the Viet Cong, uh and that the uh, that the uh the empire was america and now we live in a time where the empire actually just makes star wars (laughs) so luke lucas was by all intents and purposes like the last true triple a independent filmmaker he, Absolutely. he was the only the prequels are the most successful independent films ever made i mean it's an interesting thing i mean there's money from fox like they were not completely independent but lucas retained complete ownership over everything in a way that no filmmaker ever will again because the property that that man contained was worth so much fucking money that it was just irresistible to any any corporation in this era of late stage capital where you have to mine as much intellectual property as possible. Like this was the king intellectual property to get. Like people don't understand like I I still think to this day people don't understand the scale of what this uh 
of the, what this Lucasfilm sale meant to Disney. Because yeah, it, no. it really did change the entire, I mean, not to mention what the Avengers has already been doing, but uh, the ecosystem of films will never be the same. And if, you know, if look, if Disney buys Fox, then, then like, that's it. There is only Disney. Like there's Disney and there's Netflix. That's it. George, I think, I, I think that George got hoodwinked a little bit, to be totally honest with well, you. Well, I think like, he got greedy. I think like, I, He look, didn't get greedy because he gave all that money away. You know that, right? Well, like, no, he gave all the Disney money away, but I think he got greedy 30 years ago. Oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Like, look, George- he fucked up the ending of Return of the Jedi to sell toys. Like, and Disney, by the way, like the Porgs and the Ewoks have a direct connection. Like, they, Disney learned from him. So, you know, he's not an innocent man, George Lucas. He's not an innocent man, but I do think that in this purchasing of Star Wars, I don't think he was aware of what the, you know, extent of this purchase would be. I, I kind of believe that, like... You don't think so? I think that he thought he was selling, like, the rights to the toys and, like, the ability for them to make more rides at Disneyland. I don't think that he thought he was going to be selling, like, you guys are going to be putting out a Star Wars film every single year forever. Yeah, but he said on that interview with Charlie Rose that he... uh he sold his babies to white slavers. That's right. what he referred to Disney as. Yeah, which makes me think that he didn't know what he was getting into. Uh, uh, and also, they didn't listen to any of his ideas. They threw out uh, all uh, his they notes. Threw, they got rid of him the same – like, they literally got rid of George Lucas the same way they got rid of Lord and Miller um, and uh, Colin Trevorrow, which, you know, it's a difficult thing, this Colin Trevorrow thing, because um, Jurassic World is – Probably so one bad. of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, uh, and it does not. And, you know, it's one of the most fucked up pieces of news I've ever seen uh, ever that the guy that wrote Jurassic World is going to be writing the Metal Gear Solid movie. Uh, no, the guy who wrote Skull Island. Oh, nope. did they? And he also wrote Jurassic World. Oh, God damn it. Uh, um, so that's some that's some fucked up news. But, yeah, they treated George Lucas the same way they treated Colin Trevorrow or Lord and Miller. Because to Disney, you know, the uh, the mega company, the only studio, um, these people are trash. Uh, uh, what matters is the Star Wars logo. The, the is uh, What matters is the Chewbacca costume, uh, uh, the replica like uh, you know millennium falcon interior that they always show the directors like walking into all starstruck <laughs> in like behind the scenes footage it's like dude like you're making motherfucking movies and this is also not the real one this is like one that disney made it's like going on the millennium falcon at fucking disneyland it's not real right it also matters a lot to fucking generation x idiots that like grew up in the 80s that are like I need to have Star Wars for my kids. I want right. my kids to have the same feeling well, and here, and that I had in 1982. And it's like, that's not going to fucking happen. You're never going to have, your kids are not going to have the same feelings as you. Right. Well, and also, you know, I, I it's such a, you can, they can watch the movies. Yeah, you know what I mean? Reasons. Like, I, I, but yeah. my daughter deserves to know that she can be an amazing Jedi too. Well, then, so the fuck? Why? Why? What's Carrie Fisher then? Like Leia's a Jedi. Leia, Leia. Like that's what. Like the thing that frustrates me about the new Star Wars is I like. I think like Ray. You know, this movie gets a lot of credit for things that George Lucas already did. Like they're like, wow, like finally a Star Wars with like a badass female heroine. I'm like, uh. Like the first, like one of the original badass female heroines was in the first Star Wars. Like, yeah, I don't know. J.J. Abrams, Hillary Clintoning of Princess Leia was so fucking awful. <laughs> General Leia, Rodham. Well, this is why well, I, I guess this is getting into the beef that we have with the new Star Wars Force Awakens. We've mentioned it a few times, but basically, like I can say, what like my two worst experiences in a movie theater in my life have been um, 
one seeing um the first uh star wars prequel uh i skipped high a senior <laughs> I, I was a senior in high school and all our class skipped to see it and it was horrible because it's a terrible film um but it was i agree with all your defenses of it though so we'll, we'll get to that later but i uh but it's just not a film that i think that should have been made but yeah. i'm glad george lucas uh was at the helm because my other worst experience and it was probably much worse than you know the uh what was the name of the first uh, uh phantom menace. menace was the force awakens because so two of your worst movie theater experiences were Star yes, Wars movies. Even though I love, <laughs> maybe it's not the franchise. No, it for definitely you. It no, no, 100% no. is, and we can get, oh, we'll get into that because we're such. But but it is a fandom for masochists. We'll yeah, get into but that later. Uh, yeah, and so the Force Awakens when it came out, like everybody was hyped about it, but like I felt like it was for all like the wrong reasons. It was just because there were a couple of lightsabers in it and a couple of characters people recognized and they were moving around on screen and they liked it, but there was nothing orig- exciting about it. There was nothing original about it. There was nothing fresh about it. There was really very little that was even fun about it. It didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. It didn't look, uh, a lot of it didn't look like a Star Wars movie even because when you watch like A New Hope, it, like it's a very, like, I think I would say it's a good film, like with uh, Keppel Elf. Well, a New Hope like, is- maybe the best of the entire thing like just for just just because of the whole context of it all and everything it's maybe the best of the the whole series it's it's also the most simple yeah yeah it's a very simple but it's very and it's very beautiful and elegantly shot film like george lewis was very inspired by akira uh kurosawa of course yeah um and we get the force awakened it's just like a marvel movie like with star wars people in it like there and there's so much cgi so much uh useless gritty darkness like almost Zack snyder level uh grit that opening scene for no reason it doesn't give you that the execution of of max von sadow yeah (laughs) you got like this incredible actor like one of the most amazing actors ever and you're just gonna like kill him in 30 seconds and you have no idea who he is or why he's being killed like you never get a proper sense of scale and scope they forgot that star wars is not a sci-fi movie it's a fantasy adventure like that you're supposed to be going on and the only one in that entire movie who actually wants to go on an adventure is the little robot like the bb-8 he's the only one who actually wants to go anywhere ray wants to stay on her plant her shitty fucking dirt planet um <laughs> finn, with like one city with the smallest city i've ever seen in star wars yeah and then, finn uh, wants to go hide somewhere hans han solo wants to you know keep being a dirtbag scumbag that he's apparently been for the past uh 40 years without us knowing because all yeah those i know are- in the same clothes <laughs> wearing the same yeah, wearing the same jacket he's still wearing the same jacket and he's still a scumbag and then uh, leia is just you know standing around looking um pensive uh for no fucking reason and like because it- that's what tough women are supposed to do tough old women are supposed to stand around pensively like general Patton. they're supposed to stand around and be respected while we do post digital effects to their face to make them look younger yeah and oh. like 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 but you know when you took but like when note that movie came out like it's a sequel uh i guess in, we gotta put it in context because you know return of the jedi came out what 84 85 right and so mm-hmm. after 
uh, Star Wars, it, the, the original trilogy ended. Um, maybe maybe another ten years later, before in the comics and in um, novels, they start to expand on the universe, right? And it was called right. the EU, the expanded universe, and where they told stories of the adventures that happened after the original trilogy because they just weren't making star Wars movies at the time. And these characters were just there kind of languishing. And so with, um, dark force rising, the comic book series and uh, dark Horse, where they kind of, it's almost a direct sequel to return of the Jedi. And you also had the Thrawn tr- trilogy, which was like an yeah. amazing, amazing series of books. I remember getting this book, the first book in the uh, series on a uh, Christmas day, uh, when I was maybe in uh, seventh or eighth, great and i stayed up all night reading it and just blew my mind because it sucked me into the world of star wars even more than watching the original movies did because the it's a whole galaxy like it's so fertile and there's so much and timothy zahn is just an amazing sci-fi writer and they let him kind of run wild with it he created new villains new worlds new characters new alien races and they just kept going from there from the um, basis that George Lucas started, which was a very solid base to build a universe uh, from. Well, and that's that's an interesting point. Like George Lucas had complete control of the EU, just like he did with the movie franchises and the toy lines. He maintained independent control over all of this stuff as one guy in one company. In a way but that, like, let, just but would he not also happen. let it run. Right. But he also let it run loose in a way that wild. would not happen under Disney. Right. He yeah. like you know uh, maintain an iron grip over it. He was like, oh, this guy Timothy's on is good. Like that all counts. Yeah, you know, that's all real now. Why not? Uh, they, uh, yeah, I love that in the yeah. prequels it like incorporates things from the EU, but doesn't like overwhelm with EU stuff. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he he didn't, like, so when he, and, you know, Luke, and, like, the EU, like, got really big. Like, there's ton, there's hundreds of books. And we there's should be fair, thousands. a lot of bad stuff in there, too, right? It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Everything all in the good. era of the Old Republic is good. All of the Dark Horse Old Republic comics are good. The uh, Knights of the Old Republic games, especially the second one after you get the fan patches. Uh, oh, it's fantastic. That's, like, one of it's Obsidian's so- best games. I think it's the best Star Wars thing that exists, possibly like Knights of the Old Republic too. Like I, I, I would maybe put that over any of the books or uh, books or movies. Like it's just so fantastic, like this expansion, and it has almost it bears really no resemblance to right. like a New Hope, like because Jedi are everywhere. It's thousands of years in the past. The Force is still a thing, but it complicates how you perceive of the Force as this good thing. Like it's kind of like one of the characters in it is. A gray Jedi, and she doesn't believe that the force is a is she, she thinks the force is kind of this negative thing controlling people, and she kind of wants the good and the bad light uh, side to stop fighting. And like it's just a, such a interesting expansion of it because all of this stuff was done by you know people who grew up loving Star Wars and were given free reign to create within that universe. But for some reason that I still do not understand, George Lucas, George Lucas was able to take all that and say, OK, I'm still going to make three more movies and you don't you can keep doing what you're doing. In fact, you can do some stuff based on my movie. It's no problem. I'm not going to worry about that. You can keep making your cartoons, your comic books, everything. I don't have to get rid of that to do my thing. I can work within these parameters. Disney comes along and says, nope, get rid of it all. 
None of it counts anymore. None of it means anything. For us to do our movies, we have to erase all this stuff that really created the strong fan base that Star Wars has now because for a lot for because this isn't the first time Star Wars has been dead. That period from Return of the Jedi to the Dark Force Rising and the Thrawn, uh, Thrawn trilogy, it was kind of dead then too because there weren't new movies coming out and there were wasn't that much going on. But George Lucas was able to, you know, expand the universe, create all these new fans, bring them along for the trilogy, uh, maybe disappoint them along the way too. <laughs> Many <laughs> times. But but at this but he didn't have to get rid of all the he didn't have to push all the other creatives out. He didn't have to yeah. have an iron grip on all of them. He could let the thing basically let his baby, you know, fly out and, you know, expand in ways he probably never imagined. Disney comes along, buys it, says, Nope, none of that counts. If what we're gonna do our fucking tepid reboot, we have to get rid of all of this because we cannot think even a little bit outside the box. I will say that a more that the more like a, a media company that is building a universe is obsessed with continuity. The more obsessed with continuity you are as an individual, whether you're like a a fan or like an editor, the more I'm likely to think you're kind of like a fucking fascist or something. <laughs> because like the obsession with controlling continuity is already what's doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what's already undoing the new Star Wars universe. I mean, they established a set of ground rules that didn't really make a ton of sense because they were based on rebooting other themes, and then they're so tightly controlling of those. It's like, what the fuck does the the New Order in, in a even believe in in the new star wars trilogy what what is what is a uh, snake master snoke or whatever the fuck his name is like what is his you goal mean supreme commander Su- snoke? Su- supreme commander snoke whatever the fuck like he doesn't the big the big giant the big, golem the big, the big giant golem. tiny tiny thing with like a lizard body what is his end game what is his goal i don't apparently, fucking know apparently I don't fucking it's not care. it's not to conquer the galaxy it's to destroy it because they destroy the republic like the whole point is that the empire was in control of all those planets, and they in the um they, the super you know, the they, super Death Star, the blew super them Death all Star, up. yeah, <laughs> right. Which is literally like if you're just gonna make like a rumble pack, like <laughs> like yeah. it's it's like a it's like the storytelling equivalent of like a of like a, a a new console like yeah like this this death star was 16 bits and this one's 32 bits also like how small eh, is the whatever. star wars universe that it's like super they're small. on like this one unnamed planet they can like look up into the sky and see the other planets like getting destroyed it's mm. like this the new star wars feels so small and and not even like small like it feels small in a, in a physical sense but then all the sets feel really small too like there's no like you know you you you're you're clowning a little bit on on phantom menace but like I'll, I'll say that on Phantom Menace, they built a fucking gigantic Tatooine that like felt gigantic. Yes, that was a big yes. practical set. Like, and, and if you look at like Maz Kanadas or like you know uh, uh, who's the the, the portions guy uh, uh, with Ray, like those are like clearly like just tiny tiny sets with like a bunch of you know uh, uh, visual effects sort of happening around them. I yeah, think yeah, like it's, actually- it's really great that they celebrated the um, victory of the rebels defeating the evil menace by immediately going to, you know, a guy getting murked on this shitty planet and then showing how horrific life is for Ray on this 
uh, shitty planet. And this is what uh, apparently the rebels spent all those years fighting for. Fighting for. Still well, be I mean, starving that's, that's and poor. Same thing with, with Han and Leia that I'm like, okay, cool. So that like happy ending, like actually one of the like better executed happy endings that has like existed. Meant nothing. Uh, doesn't mean shit. Like Han went right back to like traveling around the the galaxy with like the tentacle beasts yeah with like the cloverfield monster or whatever and like uh uh, it just none of it ever mattered like i don't know i I fucking hate the force awakens i can walk through like the entire thing and why i hate it like that opening scene is not good it feels really small and shitty um jj on the commentary when the one stormtrooper like puts his bloody hand on john boyega's helmet he says he did that um to establish that stormtroopers were human in the costume, which is like, <laughs> JJ, you're just dumb. I'm like, you're dumb and you don't understand Star Wars. Like, in the first Star Wars, they like show them putting on Star Wars or uh, stormtrooper uniforms. Like, that's in Star Wars. I think A New Hope. I also think like the cameos in a way signify how little like Disney and JJ Abrams understands the Star Wars fan base. Like, we got. Daniel Craig in a stormtrooper outfit. <laughs> well, that's it's like, I don't give a shit. I, I want to see a Twi'lek. I think that like, that, I think that has less to do with like, Disney. we got Lin-Manuel Miranda doing the Cantina music. I think that it's, reflects less on Disney. Ben well, Schwartz and it reflects BB-8. on a couple different things. Like it reflects on like, Disney is trying to get a new audience. Like, I don't think that they but actually But there is care. no new audience. Are, it's you ab- are you out of your mind? I mean, it's their kids or whatever. There's a, whole, there's a huge new audience. Like, Disney wanted to open the doors to let everybody into the Mickey Mouse Club and make it as, like, unchallenging as possible to do so. Like, I think that a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, like the cameos, that reflects on, like, JJ stuff. That, like, JJ has got buddies in Hollywood and, like, wanted to use Star Wars as currency to, like, make people uh, uh, feel indebted to him and whatever and then yeah the fact that disney like promoted these things like lin-manuel miranda doing the fucking cantina song that's a way to like bring new people into the door and let everybody say i'm a star wars nerd right like, this is all about letting everybody be like i'm a total superhero nerd but, don't, like, but like but everybody has fucking seen star wars of course I mean, everyone's seen star wars but they want everyone to have the star wars nerd card now they want everybody to be like i'm a so i'm a total star wars nerd as someone with an official star wars nerd card card i want to take a step back because we were talking about how like the characters in uh the had not grown the uh force awakens shows the characters hadn't grown um the galaxy hadn't been saved and you know it was basically still shitty in the eu like there's so much that goes on like leia becomes a jedi um yep luke uh gets married to uh former Sith uh, Jedi. like Oh, you know, Mara. Yeah, Mara. Uh, you're introduced to Am- Grand Admiral Thrawn who runs the Empire after um, it falls. And it shows that like when they m- win at Yavin, right, they don't completely eradicate the Empire because it's a galactic Empire. You can't right. eradicate still the, remnant remnant. the remnants. Okay, which yeah. makes so much more which sense than the sense. First Order. Like it would make more sense to like have the next trilogy being a, basically mopping up. And by the way, like America's on its empire boner, having the rebels as the empire mopping up like dark force rebels yeah. that like fits great in tune with like the propaganda that the deep state could have, but they're not even smart enough to that, do that. That would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. It was, you could show that a lot. And it, it, this, this happens in the EU. Like a lot of planets are like, no, actually we like the empire and we want to stay with the empire and we're loyal to the empire. Yeah. And we're not just, it's not just this blank evil and it gets into the motivations behind the empire, which I, to be fair, the original trilogy doesn't really get into because it's a, 
fantasy. It's just yeah, they're just like the space Nazis. Do a good job though, that the yeah. prequels I think do a very good job of like showing how real fascism comes to exist. Well, uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith does a pretty good. I mean, the idea that Jar Jar Binks, this incompetent yeah, boob, is the galactic senator who like accidentally creates like a a, a galaxy conquering fascist empire, I, I think mean, is very people, funny. People <laughs> complain about those scenes in the Senate, you know, in in Star Wars and. Sometimes, you know, justifiably so. Look, I think that, like, George didn't have enough people saying no to him. And, like, he sometimes the prequels are not as, like, dynamic as they should be. And, like, the acting is a little off. And there's some bad stuff in the prequels. But, like, uh, I don't know. Overall, I think that, like, that's a... That's a con- like the prequels and the following films are fairly consistent, uh, uh, and they tell like a complete story about like the rise and fall of fascism. Um, and then Force Awakens comes along, and it's basically like when fascism is defeated, uh, for some reason the winners are still the rebels, and the uh, fascists still have like a gigantic uh, death machine. And that's Democrats, army. though. Democrats see themselves as the little guys, even like the fucking like. Haim Saban, like, (laughs) like, like Nira Tandon sees herself as a victim of a right wing conspiracy and not like an absurdly rich lady (laughs) who's never done anything good. Uh, And like, you know, like I want like that is my difference between why I dislike The Force Awakens versus why I dislike The Phantom Menace. Like The Phantom Menace is just like maybe like a bad Star Wars comic, right? It's just, it, it, sure. I can accept that it exists within the universe. All this stuff happened. It makes sense, um, broadly speaking. It's just not well executed. The Force Awakens feels like a, like a breaking of the fourth wall of Star Wars. It's just like a complete, uh, it's like the it's doctrine so of meta. eternal recurrence happening like well, in real time. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, all the characters in Force Awakens have seen the Star Wars movies. That much is clear. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, like when Rey meets Han Solo and she's like, the Luke and the Jedis. I'm like, what the, f- how the, f- like, <laughs> have you seen the films? Like she has seen the films. She has like an action figure of an X-Wing fighter at her house. Like she's like, they so deeply want her to like represent the fans that she just is a fan in that film. Like, Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like Maz Katana, Maz Kanata. She is like a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> like they just show up at her cantina, talk to her for 20 minutes. She rattles off a shitload of exposition and then they leave, which yeah. is really like, I guess what Yoda was, but Yoda at least trained Luke. Well, no, Yoda also was like a mislead. Like yeah. there was like, you get there and you're not supposed to know that it's Yoda. And he's kind of like a little weird character. They tried doing that with Maz Kanata, but there was so much fucking like well, press on the, before on the, the movie on came the, out. On the commentary, that's one of these things like JJ, you guys both should listen to this commentary. Cause it's uh it's, it's fucking beyond. I had I think to watch the movie like, again. I literally could not get through it a second time. Yeah. I'll just I, download I, uh, the track. I, I, download, <laughs> I bought the Blu-ray, the special edition Blu-ray of star Wars, the force awakens, just cause I so deeply wanted to hear the JJ commentary track and I've, I've since downloaded it and sent it to you but i watched it with all my friends we watched the entire thing we watched all the special features then i put the disc back in the case and threw it out the window <laughs> of my house <laughs> um yeah but like there, there's so many so many revealing things one of the good maz moments is that jj says like they had no idea what the maz kanata character was going to look like up until the last minute and they basically had like you know uh, uh lupita nyong'o like do a bunch of different versions of the character and like it kind of just reveals how made by committee this entire film was and like and you know jj throughout the commentary is giving credit to other people who like gave him ideas and it just feels like there's 
there's no unifying vision to this movie and it's always like oh like uh this character it was like bob Iger's like niece thought that we should do this kind of character uh yeah. so we did it and that was great that's <laughs> what happened with monster trucks at universal last year uh the the ceo's like four-year-old niece came up with the idea of the monster <laughs> in the truck and then they just spent 300 million dollars it's great that jj spent but i just want to say it's great that jj spent so much time coming up with exactly what type of magical negro um lapido <laughs> will be playing i, I, I do want to say that it like, needs to be a magical negro but we just i'm not sure what type I do well you know there was the uh the bagger vances which was an interesting race that uh jj created uh, an army of uh, will smith <laughs> clones that teach the teach Ray how to play golf, and, and <laughs> nobody. I don't know if anybody saw that movie. Yeah, we've, we've all seen Bagger Vance. We've Everyone's all seen, seen ever. Vance. I don't know the we're, Bagger. We're, do, we're doing a Bagger Vance deep dive. Pretty yeah, soon, guys, stay I, tuned. I, I, well, I'm actually. I also, I, I've I, never. I've just never admitted this before, but I run BaggerVance.wikia.com. <laughs> so if you ever want to know anything about the legend of Bagger Vance Bagger-pedia. universe, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I run Baggerpedia. Anyway, go ahead. Be, yeah, I just want to say. Speaking of racism, I do want to say like. I, I saw a lot of people, um, liberals mostly, celebrating how you know strong Ray was and how great she was and what role model she is for women. And that's based on the fact that um, she um, became a hero by after it was proving that the black guy was actually a worthless <laughs> piece of shit. Not and a she hero. Yeah. In me, and she could immediately, just on first uh, first <laughs> attempt, outdo him and defeat the bad guy. And I, I just loved that. And I also loved that the hug that they shared, which which my wife told me she looked. Oh, that at, was so uncool. She looked me in the eye and then me there and just said, that's so racist because (laughs) maybe that's what Hillary Clinton and JJ Abrams thought about, like the passing of the torch. Like, well, this black man ran the country for eight years, didn't succeed. So let's have this white lady take over and easily win. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You just blew my mind. I'm just saying, like, oh my God. the a mindset of, of the torch. Yeah, a literal passing of the torch. Like, the Clinton, like, the, the eight percenters, the, the Clinton worshippers, the Pumas, like, they've always hated Barack Obama. This is not new. Like, I, I, I yeah, it's just something to think about. Oh, wow. Shit. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> I, I've always, I've always, I mean, because in that version, you could like make the argument that like Kylo Ren is like alt right or something like that. Well, I, I think they were trying in the marketing to say that like Kylo Ren was like uh, immature male entitlement gone violent right. or something. That Whatever. was part of the marketing. When, when in actuality, which is not a good villain, by the way, is is not interesting. No, villain, no. No, uh, Kylo Ren is terrible. He's a whiny uh, pussy. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he, terrible. He's not frightening at all. Um, and, and, you know, the only thing I think is interesting about Kylo Ren in the least is if he's a representative for J.J. Abrams himself. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy who, like, just is, like, in power because he's, like, the new young thing. Uh, but he's just, like, so deeply frustrated that he can't be as real as, like, what came before him. Like, I think, like, looking at the melted Darth Vader mask and, like, having a little hissy fit is uh, uh, very indicative uh, uh, to me. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And like, I just want to, geez, just not not to be a Star Wars nerd, but like, canon is that like Luke, like we mentioned before, uh, Yoda trains Luke 
in, he Luke does not use the lightsaber in the first movie at all. The fight, right. basically, like so he has, hard to use a lightsaber. It's hard to use a lightsaber because it's hard to use a sword. You can uh, kill yourself a lot e- easier than you can someone else with it if you don't know how to use it. <clears throat> and so, both Finn and Ray being able to pick it up and use it is completely absurd and like you know and like you know Kylo Ren is supposed to be a Sith master like I know he gets shot but like if he was powerful enough to wipe out like the entire all the Jedi um maybe he shouldn't be losing a one-on-one battle um with somebody who's never picked up a lightsaber before and has never used a force before until she was able to block him out of her mind like that's completely like, out of nowhere yeah that, that does not that's not how star wars works i'm sorry i'm sorry folks but like th- she is a mary sue like are people are gonna get mad at me for saying you it know, but she, i hate to say max landis was right but he is right about this i will never say that i hate that no look i got into like a fucking like face to face i got and this is, we got into each other's faces a couple of times and I, uh He's right about this. I'm going to say I'm right. <laughs> I'm right. I'm right. And, and Max Landis happened to agree with me on something. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I, but I, uh, yeah. But no, it is true. It's like, you know, the only I'm not reason, defending Victor Frankenstein here. Only, Don't worry. The only reason why, uh, uh, you know, Ray is so good with the lightsaber at the end is, like I said before, she's seen the movies. Well, she's got <laughs> plot armor. Yeah. Ray is like, Ray, she is like actually the definition of a Mary Sue, very sadly. Uh, um, yeah, she's just like a, a a nothing character who has no actual personality at all, um, who's just all. immediately good at everything, and that every character that exists in the fan fiction is just in awe, like her. loves her, like, yeah. like within like meeting, like she met like Han Solo. And then like three minutes later, he's like, you know, Chewie says he loves you. Would you like to like work with us forever <laughs> or whatever? Like, I mean, it's, you want to come uh, be my co-pilot for the rest of time. Well, and that's the fucked up thing is it's like, if EL James wrote this script, it would be no surprise. It's like this weird, it's like a 50 shades of gray type of deal. It's you weird. know, yeah, it's really like, weird. it's like, it's just the, the character is a self insert. It's someone going like, I would it's, like Ray is JJ Abrams too. Like a lot of people, like when people say Ray is a Mary Sue, like they took it as an attack on women. No, it's an attack on JJ yeah. Abrams. JJ <laughs> is it's JJ with pigtails. <laughs> like, in a, like, yeah. Like Mary Sue is not even necessarily indicative of, indicative of, of women characters it's indicative of of fanboys yeah, and self-insert characters yeah just these yeah. self-insertions which is like it's no different than when somebody like puts themselves in the sonic universe and has shadow be like you know you're pretty cool if that's sonic forces it just came out <laughs> you can actually create your own like deviant art character and then like it's literally just like sonic and knuckles like going you're the best like that's what that shit was made for so, but let's like, I know that a lot of people like Force Awakens and that was actually the thing that fucked me up the most. I, I like, Who liked it though. I don't know anybody that likes it. Everybody, everybody was like stoked over it. Well, like, they were stoked it, to see it because they were like primed to do it. I feel it. like everybody, like, I think that now like the Mesmer spell somehow is like starting to wear off and people <laughs> are more okay with saying that like Star Wars, the Force Awakens wasn't that good. But when it first came out, it was like a major, it like really fucked me you up know, to be I honest with pin you. some people down. I mean, I mean that literally. I held somebody down and forced him to explain to me why you like this fucking movie. You're a Star Wars fan, and he and it finally got to him. Like you know, after uh, he finally admitted to me, he was like, you know what? I I'm just okay with a good Star Wars movie. And like that's all it is. It, 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 and that's what he means. And by good, he just means watchable, decent. 
watchable. Watchable. So Star Wars it's movie. a watchable film. That's why I would rather watch a. I don't. I don't like full critic consensus movies. Like these, these. This new thing on like Rotten Tomatoes, which is the real evil RT. If you really want to get yes. into it, there's evil RT out there, and it's Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> well, the studios are all publicly complaining about Rotten Tomatoes while secretly just you know threatening all well, of the critics. Look, it's like it's like you know like. Some studios are complaining about it, but then other studios have like completely figured out how to game the system. Right. Like, I mean, Disney. I went to an early screening of Force Awakens. I went to a screening with reviewers, um, and I saw how it went down. Like someone comes up to the front of the like theater and they like give like a very Disney club, like a Mickey Mouse Club speech about like thank you for being our partners on this wonderful journey as like we bring a new generation in and like we would love, but we so, like please don't like post any spoilers. Like they make the experience feel really good and they make reviewers feel like they're part of something magical and special uh, uh and then those reviewers go home and remember those good feelings and give it a you know b plus review which counts as 100 percent when you put it into rotten tomatoes you know uh, um, yeah anything up to like c minus is a is a, like a, yeah. a fresh so con- conversely i also went to an early screening of uh, batman versus superman and no one said anything. They just started the movie and like they didn't come out and give us a little speech or anything like that. And suddenly that movie's got like in the 20s. Like I, I really think that like Disney just knows how to make a fun experience for a group of people. And they figured out how to game this review system uh, to create movies that are just inoffensive to the largest uh majority of people and you know i i don't think for me that i give an a plus to a movie just because it manages not to piss off the most <laughs> amount of people and so i don't know like i the thing that fucked me up most about star wars the force awakens was that i saw it and i was like man this movie fucking sucks it's awful and like that was a bummer in and of itself but i was like you know a lot of movies come out and they're shitty the thing that really fucked me up was like Every single person in the entire world was stoked on this movie. Like all the reviews were good. Every all like, you know, everyone on Facebook, on Twitter, like everybody was stoked over Force Awakens. And it made me feel I think how uh, a lot of people felt like the day after Trump got elected. Like I was like like you were being gaslit in a world that I don't (laughs) understand anymore. And maybe I've gone crazy or maybe the world's gone crazy, but something has gone wrong here. Um, I, I like wasn't as stunned by Trump's win because I think that like I already got that gut punch of like right. that there's a rot that's set into the world uh, when Force Awakens came out. Um, so should we I mean, look, like I, I think that like some people are going to be, you know, push back on us about Force Awakens. So like, is it worth us? Like, should we like nitpick through Force Awakens? I think we already or like we, covered like how we're shitty. doing that. Yeah, I think we I think we're already. Don't worry, I could do another full I mean, half yeah, hour. What else? What, what I mean, we could talk about like all the useless characters that were like clearly planted for like spinoff comics and toys. Captain I also think this new thing. I, I, Captain well, Phasma, I was Fat. about to say, is Who, the by the way, nonsense. J.J. Non- Abrams said before in an interview and has since said that Captain Phasma is his favorite character <laughs> in The Force Awakens. Char- like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's so clear. It's just a Bubba Fett clone. But, but it's also so clear that this is like just it's it's done cynically like mm. it, like it was a it was a Boba Fett clone but done intentionally so like like Boba you're Fett, supposed to think of Boba Fett exactly when you see you're Captain supposed Phasma. to think that she's Boba Fett like Boba Fett happened naturally like a very a character that had a really cool design was in the background of one scene and then everyone was like who the what what's that character's deal like that's so cool this one like beforehand they're like we this need is a the background one that you character. are supposed to feel is Boba Fett and so let's get 
uh, articles in Entertainment Weekly and like let's 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 build up this Boba Fett. And then the thing that fucked me up the most is everybody just fell for yeah, it. My like, wife has. This I, I bought my wife a Captain Phasma T-shirt before it came out because everybody was like, "She's <laughs> fucking cool. She's played by the uh, by someone who's Game of Thrones. Who's everybody like? She's a." And that's a yeah. cynical casting move. They're like, let's get the actors from Game of Thrones. I mean, every single move is calculated. Yeah. Like, well, this will get a lot of buzz because she's on a show that gets a lot of buzz. It's all the, it, it is, I mean, it's like a scientific formula at this point. Yeah, I know it is. And Disney has figured out the formula. Oh, and, and and I just don't think, sorry, well, go ahead. I, well, they, they kind of have. I, uh, because we, we can crow at least about this one great um failure of maybe not disney but at least another evil corporation ea so um oh sure ea well they're blowing it with the the star wars license for sure but disney shut down disney interactive so there's nothing they can do yeah yeah so ea has owned had the exclusive star wars license for five years and they've put out so far one game they're about to put out the second one which is a sequel to battlefront but one game in five years if you live through the like um, the heyday of Star Wars gaming of Lucas Arts, where you had Knights of the Old Republic, uh, you had uh, Republic Commando, you had the Dark Dark Forces trilogy, Shadows of the Empire, like there's tons and tons of oh, great man. Star Wars games. You're, you're forgetting Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron. Factor Five's GameCube masterpiece. They, there was even a freaking um, RTS Star Wars game like out like actually the fucking Shadows of the Empire dope as shit too to be honest with you. Wait, what'd you say? I think the Pod Racer game was really oh, yeah, good the too. Pod, yeah, they, they re-released it actually. Like that was a, a good game. Like, <laughs> Jedi Knight, Kyle Katarn. Yes, that game was good. Yeah, Super Star. And guess Wars. what? The sequence in the movie was like, good too. Super Star Wars was great. Like the original, like yes, oh, yeah. uh, trilogy. All those were dope games, and EA got all those ROMs. EA has come up with nothing but like um, battle battlefield, but like shittier. Basically, is <laughs> yeah. literally like a, a battlefield mod. Like, what if they did a full? What are they doing with all that money? They were building this big game with Amy Hennig and Visceral Games, and Amy Hennig, by the way, is one of those game developers who like has been doing amazing shit for, like, over 25 years. And, like, for some reason, with this whole, like, women developers thing, she never gets the spotlight, even though she's just been kicking ass forever. Yeah, I always see that. Like, like, that's always weird. Like, that's, we talked about on the show, like, whenever we talk, whenever, like, the new neoliberal diversity comes up, all the people who have... Uh, against all odds right, have yeah. been doing it and succeeding. They get, they get erased. erased. They get ignored. Roberta Williams, too, creator of like King's Quest. I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, but but that's not Star Wars. Just that the game of publicists yeah. has changed. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that's necessarily all. that like people aren't like fighting to do this stuff forever. It's just now these companies know how publicists right. work and they pay them. So Hennig, she did all the Uncharted games. She did Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, Blood Omen. Uh, she she got fired from Uncharted Four and went on to join EA and to create a, a game for Visceral. And and that's after Disney canceled Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which looked amazing. I mean, it was going to be an M rated Bubba Fett game, but Disney couldn't have that, so they killed it. Didn't tie in to the uh, the new universe. It tied into the EU and uh, the EU. There was there was going to be a, a show called Star Wars Underworld that George Lucas was trying to make, and this is before Game of Thrones, where episodes were you know twenty five to forty million you know dollar budget budgets and you got like a $300 million season. Lucas couldn't get that. He could today, but he couldn't have 10 years ago. 
And so uh, that all got killed. Uh, the 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 mature Star Wars cable show, and then the game attached to it, which is a real shame because that would have been fucking rad. So Amy Hennig makes this other game uh, for Visceral, which was basically it was going to be like some kind of Uncharted game set in the new universe. And uh, I don't know why either. Someone at Disney or someone EA just like fucking killed it. It's gone, and uh, we'll never know. It's a real loss. And, no, I, and nobody's I wonder, fighting for her. I, I, I just also, have no idea. Because I, I, one thing that, like, I have no idea why that game got canceled, but part of me thinks that they just don't necessarily want adult Star Wars. Well, but stuff. it's also, yeah, it's, but, but the Visceral game wasn't adult Star Wars. The 1313 oh, game gotcha, was. Okay. The Amy Hennig one was going to be, like, teen rated. 1313 got killed, like, five, six years ago. Um, this was going to be, like, Nathan Drake's Star Wars, and it just didn't happen. Like they, they killed the whole thing and like visceral games is now gone. So like, but that's, that's par for the course for EA and that's par for the course for Disney. Really? They operate on the same model, which is like taking something you love, milking it until there's nothing left really, really fast. And then just like tossing it away. Like a used condom until it's like ready again, like in 20 years. I mean, it's, uh, it's sad. Well, well, we talked about all the stuff that pissed us off. Maybe we should talk about some of the stuff we love. All right. So, yeah. With Star Wars? Twi'lex. I love me some Twi'lex. Yeah. So so what, what's your favorite alien race? We can start there. So, uh, JDB, why do you love Twi'lex? <laughs> I like their weird heads. I like their weird, like, they're like tentacles, but they're braided and they're blue and they like to dance. I don't um, like the male Twi'leks. They, I find them off-putting. <laughs> well, yeah, they're they're strange looking, but I'm like a you know I'm a straight guy. I was never checking out the male Twi'leks. <laughs> That's I was problematic. Checking out the no, yeah, shame on me, I guess. <laughs> uh, Twi'leks are fun. They're like the only race it seems like in Star Wars that doesn't seem to like have any interest in killing people. They just feel like they exist to entertain themselves and others. And I've always felt like I, I really enjoy doing that. I like entertaining people. So it's like I I bond with the Twi'lek over that. Like if I was to live on Tatooine, I'd probably be dancing up there in the cantina, in, in the cantina with them. Oh, wow. That's uh, yeah. I love Tatooine. I mean, I really do. Like I, I, I said earlier in the episode that I think A New Hope might be the best of the series. And I just think it's like everything about it is so bursting with imagination. And I, I, I watched the uh, – like original, you know, sort of de-specialized edition that somebody put out. Like there's all these ones, you know, on Torrent where it's like, what's the best, you know, actually original version of Star Wars. And I, I have one that's like 40 gigabytes and it's like a laser disc rip and <laughs> shit. Uh, um, and I like, it just is, so, it, it, that movie was so visionary and he was, there was, it's, it's just bursting with ideas you know, I love the Jawas. I love the Sand People. Like yeah. Tatooine, just feels like such, like, like it just feels bursting with life. And I and I don't think that that's you know that's what I think is kind of missing from Force Awakens. Is it's just like there's it's it's just completely. Well, I shouldn't talk about what I hate. I'm talking about what yeah, I love. Yeah. So what's it's the what's the life. form of life you love most in Star Wars? Well, I was just saying, I like I love the Jawas. Actually, <laughs> the Jawas I think are like dumb. among my favorite ones. Like they've got a big like giant truck, and they are like little scary creatures. Like it kind of combines everything I like about Star Wars, which is that like it's kind of cute, but it's also like a little bit creepy, and like reminds us of things that we've seen in the real world. Like I love it. 
What about you? Al? I have to say, uh, this is kind of a cheat, but I kind of I really like the Mandalorians because all they are they're, they're just the generic like in every you know fantasy or sci-fi thing. They're just a warrior race who just likes fighting. For yeah, the but they're humans. Fight. The Mandalorians. Nah, I don't think so. I don't they're think not- they're. I don't think they're technically <laughs> humans. I think they're. Yeah, they're so, like they're genetically altered or different in some way because they're bigger and they're stronger and humans cannot wear Mandalorian armor. So I'm going to go with the Matt. Uh, it's a cheat, but like I, I like the badass Mandalorians personally. I love the Mandalorians. I like the Mandalorian guy you uh, that joined your party in the first Knights of the Old Republic game. What was his name again? I'm going to look that up yeah, right so now. The next question, what's your favorite uh, Star Wars video game? I think uh, JDB and I have already answered. Uh, well, I, I've answered it. Knights of the Old Republic well, 2. Like, yeah. I just think it's just a... It's Candorous Ordo. Look, I love KOTOR. I love both the KOTOR games. I never actually beat them. They're just like so dense and huge. Uh, what? 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 You I never KOTOR? beat them. I never beat them. What? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like I, I've gotten very. Deep I want in you to beat Kotor. Which one? Both. Yes. Okay. Well, then I'll go back and do it. I, I have it installed Jesus on my computer. Christ. I just have never beaten Jesus it. Jesus Christ! We, we're we're frauds. Are you going to quit we're, the we're show? F- no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we're frogs? We're frauds. We oh, are frauds. Yeah. frauds. I love Shadows of the Empire. I do love Shadows of the Empire. Uh, uh, and the pod race. Now I'm going to you know, go on Twitter and post all our DMs now. Oh, that's so fucked. <laughs> Shadows of the Empire is, I think, the most I underrated love, Star Wars game. I, I, like, I, I love KOTOR. I actually played a lot of the old Republic. If you don't oh, really, Zal- yeah, I played a ton of the MMO. Like, I actually got to like the end game of that game. I really liked it. Like, oh, I just, I, I, like if you like that, you'll love this. And actually, I want to say, like, the, the um, trailers for. Uh, the Old Republic are the best Star Wars movies uh, going today. <laughs> Can yeah, I? they got they got pretty good in the story of that. I, I, the only problem I have with Kotor is that like it just suffers from that like Xbox graphics and kind of oh jankiness come issue. on that's the issue I have. I'm sorry guys, but I'm being totally honest. There like, is there I is just didn't play it when it was first out, and it feels a little tough to play now. There has never been an evil like. I like to play video games in their first playthrough as good and then evil because I feel like I can't do evil first and then go back to good. I feel like I've already committed these crimes and I can't <laughs> I can't undo them. But the evil path in Kodor with uh, forcing Zalbar to use your oh. new life debt to kill Mission was oh, one of the so most evil, you guys are gonna get me to play fucked up sick things it. you could do in any video game. To turn someone's life debt and bond and force someone to murder their best friend. Good lord. Was one of like the cruelest things you could do like ever. And so and good. I felt so I mean it was amazing, but like I man, I felt like a fucking monster, which is like what the dark side is. It's monstrous. Yeah, it's monstrous. Like it get, it gets it like a lot of people for some bizarre reason don't like when the choices are between extreme good and extreme evil. They want to be somewhere in the middle, but like but that's, that's not what not Star the Wars point. is. Yeah. That's not right. what Star Wars is. It's either you're a a fucking genocidal monster or you're like a you're, <laughs> you're like, like a wholesale saint and i wonder like maybe like some of that stuff you know and i think about it like in the old prequels where like you know the jedis couldn't fuck and like anakin had to keep his relationship with uh princess amadala a secret like i wonder if that was like george lucas going like hey maybe the catholic church should like chill out and let, like let their priests <laughs> yeah. get married and then they'll stop fucking kids or something yeah, uh, so that's that'll like upset a cool, one of our listeners um yeah that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's like a cool undercurrent of like the prequels and the eu is that like the jedi aren't 
necessarily that great. Like, right. They fuck They're up not a lot. perfect. They're they lie a lot. I mean, they hide a lot of stuff. Yeah. And also, like, it kind of shows that, like, even if they like, I like the prequels because, like, with best intentions, if you're sort of like aligning yourself with the government, like that can go awry really quickly. You know what I mean? Like that ultimately still depends on who's in power. I, I like Revenge of the Sith, the best of the trilogy. And someone told me, well, that's the safe normie opinion because it has the most action. And that's, I guess, true. I mean, there was like, I didn't really like the sequence where they were like riding the creature or whatever. I thought that was lame. But like, I still do think like when they show up at the temple and they find that like Anakin has killed all the younglings and they're like the younglings. Like, I remember that sticking with me. Yeah, it's. The, it, I think it's definitely the best of the trilogy because I feel I just feel like Attack on the Clones is too boring in in the middle of it like it could be like there's a good movie in very little happens but you have to cut a lot of stuff and probably improve the CGI quite a bit there's cool yeah the the, yeah that was like Topher Grace recut the prequel trilogy into one movie I'm sure it was trash to be honest (laughs) with you I I like they're not like all these people are like like it should be recut or whatever I'm like yeah there's stuff that like are problems in that but though like what you said earlier l is is like my core thing with the star wars prequels is like like them or hate them that's what happened yeah. like that is just what happened that's like to me i look at them like i look at like history or something like that like <laughs> force awakens i don't feel that way about it i'm like you know maybe there's some boring stuff but like in the prequels but like that's the history of what happened that's what went down so yeah. that that, Topher, that is what it is except the midichlorians the midichlorians are not the midichlorians have got those are fucking stupid those are non canon like the idea of the force being like some weird like genetic race science thing it was like some charles murray shit like i i i, I look at the midichlorians as a, a misguided fad that they were only talking about at that moment no, yeah they, they were off camera they were like the midichlorians are bullshit like between for between Phantom Menace and uh, it's like toxins or something like it's that. It's like old like, science. It's like like, the, <laughs> like between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, everyone was like, uh, "We're not going to talk about that." Look, anymore. there's a real. there's a healing crystal shop two blocks from my apartment. And yeah. That shit's not real, but yeah. it's still there. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Oh, like, so so uh, yeah. So uh, Qui Gon had some stupid ideas. Uh, he was a good guy, otherwise. Yeah, there actually is a comic that is called—I think it's called like *Origin of the Forest* that gets into. It. I started reading. It. I didn't finish it yet, but like basically, no, like like thousands and thousands of years ago, like these machines just go to these different planets and bring people basically uh, to the source, and you realize all the races are force-sensitive races. So the force is many, many eons older than That's the. Cool current races existing and there's like a mechanism to like teach them about the force but what happens is that um like and the force is balanced because like if you ever played any of like kotor like there's light side powers and there's dark side powers and you kind of pose if you're a jedi you pick one if you're a sith you pick the other but the point is in the original uh, place it's supposed to be a balance of it you're supposed to go right down the center but it ends up being splintered somewhat how and that's why the galaxy is in so much chaos because the force is not balanced anymore the way the force powers work though like you can literally like enter somebody's mind and that's a good power but like shooting lightning is automatically evil it doesn't seem (laughs) to make like what if I would want to like st- like you know light a fire or something and you get some lightning that's nice <laughs> but yeah that that makes sense within the concept of the fact that the Jedi and the Sith are not, are like 
you know, kind of dumbasses playing with powers that they don't fully comprehend, don't don't understand. Like they're two parts of a whole and it's kind of arbitrary what they've decided is good and is what is bad and what is Sith. Well, that was the Jedi Jedi outcast EU stories got into that with Kyle Katarn. Uh, Cause he was, he was, he was the only light side Jedi who could also use fort side, uh, dark side powers. So Kyle Katarn, remember, in the Jedi Outcast games and the Jedi Academy games, that was his shit. Yeah. He uh, was a good dude who could shoot lightning from his hands. I, I wouldn't worry about it too much, guys, because uh, I think that um, the current Disney trilogies are going to have a whole new conception of what the Force is, and well, it's going to be very, very stupid. So, the, But after <laughs> this trilogy is over, and after we're done with the, the new Skywalker family saga, uh, and we get our Han Solo, Ron Howard, Lord Miller disaster, and we have whatever Jabba the Hutt origins. They're going to make a, a new Ryan Johnson trilogy well, set in a new galaxy with what, new aliens. To me, new, this stuff, like, the fact that they announced... It's a reboot. New, well, the fact that they announced this new, this new Ryan Johnson trilogy just shows, like, how much they're floundering. Like, Well, that's actually true. Their quarterly they earnings it. went down. Yes. Uh, uh, the quarterly earnings for Disney are down. Uh, they missed earnings, and their stock price dipped, uh, 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 which, you know, uh, uh, I guess is bad for them. I don't know much about stocks, but, like, Disney did miss their earnings, and that was a, a, a notable thing. And I think it's not any coincidence that, like, Disney missed their earnings, and then they immediately are like, we're doing another Star Wars trilogy. Like, it, it's so clear to me how much they don't know what they're doing here and uh, uh, how, uh, and it's strange that nobody wants to acknowledge that. Like they announced that they wanted to do a new trilogy and they were going to do all these side movies. Well, then the first side movie came out and like, you know, it didn't blow, it didn't like set the world on fire. So they're like, Oh, we're kind of not going to do these kind of side movies. We're going to do ones featuring the characters. We're going to do a Han Solo and a Boba Fett movie. Okay. The Boba Fett movie is canceled and the Han Solo directors are fired. We're going to bring on a new guy. And now we're going to do like two trilogies, like concurrently, we're just going to do a million trilogies. Like it did. They don't have any plan. Um, How dare you question the wisdom of Kathleen Kennedy? <laughs> they're flailing wildly. Um, and it's one of the only, it's, you know, uh, one of the only elements that's uh, making the company money. And I think that we're going to see Star Wars get a lot more desperate the first time one of these Marvel movies uh, uh, doesn't do as well as they want it to well, be. Well, here's, what, here's, here's what's really interesting to me. I'm not that interested in seeing The Last Jedi. My hype is already down just from the past two years. It is. Star Wars with, with, with uh, The Force Awakens, there hadn't been a movie since Revenge of the Sith, which was 2005. I think 2005. So it had been like 12 years since a Star Wars movie had come out. You go from once in 12 years to every fucking year until 2035, like the diminishing returns are naturally going to happen. I mean, look at Call of Duty. And before that, Activision, uh, they, they, they drove Tony Hawk into this, uh, into the ground. They drove Guitar Hero into the ground. EA drove Rock Band into the ground. Like, Something will give. This right. is not it's already forever. Not, it's already not so special to see a Star Wars movie in the theaters anymore. It doesn't feel special. No. And I and, and I so think, and there's Star Wars oranges. It's not just cereal and fruit snacks but anymore. It's Star, like there were always Star Wars products. No, but, but there was like cereal and there was fruit snacks and there was like little like it was like candy and like fucking toys. And now it's like fucking produce. Yeah. <laughs> there's Star Wars radishes. Yeah, like we'll, we're, yeah, we'll we'll never. It just isn't special anymore, and and I know that for me, there, the day is going to come very soon when I just miss a Star Wars movie, like when there just was a Star Wars movie in theaters, and I'm like, eh, I guess I'll just wait till it like comes out, and like that's sad, 
And it started for me this year, man. I mean, I skipped Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I, I didn't skip Thor. I didn't see Thor Ragnarok. I'm not going to see Justice League. I'll be seeing Justice League. I, 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 I skipped I, Rogue One. Like, I skipped it. Like, I, I, did, I still haven't seen I it. Saw it on, yeah. I saw it on Netflix. I it's, saw Rogue One, and it's like, I think it's like better than Force Awakens, but only because it's like not as offensive to me. It's like it's like a Dark Horse comic or something. Like, it's not that, it, and it's like a lesser Dark Horse comic. And it definitely has a lot of the same, like, annoying shit that Disney throws into these movies, but it didn't um, affect me quite as deeply well i think it's it's really interesting with rogue one because disney was riding off their high with frozen and like they were doing like the girl power thing and they had all these like female empowerment themes in the trailer for rogue one and then they cut all of those scenes out from the movie there is none of that like hunger games jennifer lawrence elsa queen princess like girl power shit in rogue one at all it was all just in the marketing and maybe that's what you mean by like literally everyone has their own star wars now like there's a star wars for you know liberal old rich women there's a star wars I, for young conservative I mean. like dorks i'm not trying like, to say that everyone has their own star wars i'm trying to say that they know that they have star wars fans money those right. people are going those to go pe- see every single star wars movie what it's about now is expanding the tent uh, uh and making it so that everybody feels like star wars is, is for them and is for them and the way to do that is just to make like and also, you know, Star Wars now, and it was always, but more now than ever, uh, every Star Wars movie is an attempt to recoup uh, uh, an investment. Right. You know well, what of I course, mean? they like, spent $4 billion. Specifically, they're trying to recoup $4 billion on this thing. And so, like, every decision on every single thing related to Star Wars is going to be with an eye toward bringing that $4 billion back into Disney. Now, should they have made that back by now, though, at this point? Like, I don't know if they've made $4 billion on this thing, but it's possible. so much. I mean, you know, I think they're going to make it back pretty quickly. But, yeah, the whole idea now. And also, like, now Disney holds Star Wars hostage forever. Like, uh, well, they're they, starting to a- get back to what I said at the start of this. Yeah. They changed the laws so that, like, these laws, so that, you know, these rights never revert ever, mm. ever, ever. And now they're benefiting off those Well, laws. they're already starting. Uh, here's where it's going to get really interesting next year. When Disney launches their Netflix competitor yeah. and they take everything they've ever done for Marvel and Star Wars off of Netflix and onto their thing and launch their own Marvel and Star Wars TV shows. Right. And then Netflix will lose and then, and a then, lot. And then it's and gonna then, be ugly. And then, and then also we're getting back to the point. And then they buy here. Fox and then they'll have all you know And then we're getting back to the point in the early studio system where the studios also control distribution. Right. And they can fuck over everyone there yeah we're headed it's it's, the 50s again then and like this is why i'm so disappointed sometimes in fan culture is that fans seem so willing to kowtow to whatever disney wants like we are like we we now think of disney as like the artist creators of star wars when they are just a capitalist enterprise trying to recoup investment and fuck over creative we live in a world where corporations are people so someone like alan moore can be like hey like all of these Watchmen comics and adaptations suck, and people will go like, fuck you, Alan Moore. Fuck you, bitch. Why'd you write it for DC then, bitch? Why'd you ever get paid, motherfucker? Yeah. It's so weird, like, the attitude that, like, once you do a work for hire, you then, like, are no longer entitled to have any personal scruples ever yeah. again. I, I don't know. Uh, uh so I don't know. I, I am disappointed. Uh, uh, I'm disappointed in the reaction to Star and, Wars. And Lucas dis- was sort of a turning point for that. After people hated the trilogy... You know, it became a moment where people went, hey, maybe like the auteur theory for like the nerd world isn't true. And you know what? And then Walking Dead cemented that a few years ago when they replaced it 
like they they replaced their showrunner every other year and nobody yeah. cared nobody no, but, cared but that Frank Darabont got fired. Lucas was the first one and was the big one. Like, he was the big one. So fans got so upset and it was a bad thing. Like fans got so mad about the prequels that they made George into like an actual villain and while that's like in just like so silly to begin with because like this is the guy who like actually created and you know if he didn't personally create he at least like facilitated the creation of this thing that like you clearly feel so like deeply connected to so of course it's like extremely silly to get mad at someone for like a misstep when they are the person who created the thing that uh uh, you feel so deeply about Um, yes so in other words um kind of to wrap it up um star wars is dead and it's your fault no, it's not your fault. It's no. Disney's fault. It's, 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 you guys were I mean, you guys were complicit though too. Guess what? It's your <laughs> fault. But, but that's how capitalism works, man. Like people under corporate control are going to listen to what like the narrative from these corporations were that Star Wars isn't safer hands. Yeah, but we held under them. the tutelage of Disney. This is another fade out ending here. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, all right, good shit, guys. This uh, was a fun one. This is a fun one. I'm sure we'll come back to this again sometime soon. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I, we'll probably be forced to after we get some responses yeah. to this. Maybe, maybe we'll we probably just, be forced. We just do a spinoff podcast. Maybe this should just become an only Star Wars podcast at this point. Oh, no. Um, oh, it, it could be. It <laughs> Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.